This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the classic, executive, and bold full-focus planners to help you focus on your most important work. Find out more at leadto.win slash planner. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. You know, we're known for practical advice for ending the overwhelm at work. And in this episode, we're going to show you how to apply those same principles to your home. But first, Megan, welcome back. Hey, I'm so glad to be back. It feels like it's been forever. We so missed you. So for people that are just tuning in for the first time, where have you been? (laughs) That's the question. So I have been on parental leave. Uh, My husband, Joel, and I adopted a baby girl in May, and she was born really early. She was born at 27 weeks. She was one pound and two ounces. And so we spent a whole lot of time in the NICU and then time at home just kind of transitioning. And um, so now she's nine pounds and about 10 ounces and doing great. And I'm back to work. She's smiling now. She's smiling. Laughing a little bit. Yes. So cute. So, you know, sometimes we feel like uh, we come home to a second job. Right. And that's got to be true for you. Oh, absolutely. I have five kids, ages uh, 18 to a few months. And I know it it is absolutely a second job. And if I'm not careful, it can be even more overwhelming than work can. Well, we're going to show you guys how to bring the same focus you have at work to your home. And you're going to create more margin for the people and activities that really matter most. Yep, that's right. This is going to be super practical, and I guarantee it's going to be a game changer for you and maybe some friends. So be sure to share this episode in your favorite social channel and tag everybody you know. Trust me, they're going to thank you. Larry Wilson, welcome. It's good to see you again. Yeah, great to have you back, man. Thank you. You know, while you were gone, we launched a new podcast. I don't know I if heard. you've been paying attention. It's and, kicking our butt. Uh, yeah, Michael, how do you how do you feel about that? Uh the the ratings for the first few episodes of Focus on This, our new podcast, kind of got ahead of Lee to win. Yeah. So I have mixed emotions about this. So on the one hand, I think it got up to as high as number four on all of iTunes business. And how high was it on all of uh, podcasts on iTunes? Like 29, maybe? I think it was. 31? Yeah, got into the top 30. Yeah. Like, it's a really great show. It's a great show. And if you guys haven't listened to it, listen to it and subscribe to it. We need your help too. So I feel like, you know, we've got two great shows, but I really think the iTunes algorithm has a lot to do with the number of subscriptions and the number of reviews. Right. So if you haven't subscribed to Lead to Win, now's the time to do it. That's right. Hey, right? I'm back out. and the best episodes are coming. So don't miss it. Well, them. there's no doubt about that. No <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> I love this topic of ending the overwhelm at home, but I've looked over the the content that you're about to share. And I have to tell you, I think it's going to be challenging for some people because, uh, you know, some people come from that mentality that, hey, uh, my house is my responsibility. And so when you start talking about, you know, offloading tasks like cleaning, cooking, going to the grocery store, some things we're going to get into, people think, well, hey, um, I'm supposed to do that. Yeah, you know, uh, I think we all feel like that probably or have felt like that at one time. The challenge is just like at work, there are not enough hours in the day to do all the things that need to be done. And if you're not thinking about how to automate and delegate um, in your personal life, you're really creating a situation where rejuvenation is really hard, where you're going to find yourself exhausted and not having enough left time-wise or energy-wise to invest in your most important relationships, your own health, things like that. Yeah, I think this 
particularly afflicts women. You know, just culturally, I think there's there's more this sense of ownership of the home on women. You know, that's changing, right. thankfully. But I think it's easier for guys to do the eliminate, automate, and delegate on the home tasks because they kind of come to terms with the fact that there's not enough of them to go around. But I think that women labor, unfortunately, under this sort of cultural imperative that they've got to got to do it all. Two full time jobs. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's just not sustainable. And so I think we've got some real help here. And I think if nothing else, we're going to give women permission to be able to offload some of this stuff and to be able to find that time that they need for rejuvenation and for margin. I think it's important to say, though, that this is not just an episode for women. I think um, probably everybody feels overwhelmed, you know, when they get home from on the weekends and there's too much to do. Um, We've got some fun solutions for you that I think you're going to like. Well, let's get into that. The idea here is that your desire zone and we'll explain that a little more fully in a second, but your desire zone isn't just for work. So start thinking about how to automate, eliminate, and delegate at home. So three steps to creating more margin in your personal life. And step one, determine what matters most at home. I think this is so important because very often we're in a reactive state. You know, the house needs to be clean. I'm out of groceries. I need to run to Target all those kinds of things. And we're not really thinking about where we add the most value as though our resources, our personal resources are finite, our energy and our attention. And we need to think about it like an investment, just like we do in our businesses and our work. Mm-hmm. We need to think about that at home. And I think when we start to frame this up in that way, you know, like I can't do everything, but what are the most important things for me to do that are going to make the greatest impact, for example, with my children or my spouse, like what are those things? That's a helpful way to start thinking about it. I I think it's helpful too, to come back to the desire zone. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a concept we talk about in the Focused Leader Conference. It's in my book, Free to Focus. But the idea is that you're going to make your biggest contribution where you have the most leverage, but more importantly, where you have the most passion. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you love to do? What do you enjoy doing? What do you find satisfying? What Mm -hmm. gets you uh, up in the morning? And then what you're the most proficient at, what you are naturally good at. That's an important one. It's an important one because I, I just tell you from my own perspective, you know, I came to terms uh, with the fact that I'm not good at fixing stuff, you know, like physical stuff. <laughs> Me I'm neither. Not, I'm not good with uh, sort of those- Like uh, handyman kind of stuff. Yeah, the handyman kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, in fact, my family- has joked about me and you were part of making fun of me. So, you know, joked about me sort of being the sort of the Tim Allen of our home. You know, Tim, the tool guy. It's actually not even that good. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be a step up. That'd be an upgrade if I could be Tim, the tool man. But I'm really terrible with hand tools and stuff. And so when I fix stuff or attempt to fix stuff, I actually make it worse. And so it's not the best and highest use of me. And it's going to be cheaper. I mean, I can think of things I tried to fix in the past, like the washing machine or whatever. And all I did was make the project more expensive to fix. Well, okay. So you start out by thinking, you know, what matters to me and where do I add the most value? That's kind of how you get at this desire zone um, concept in your personal life. But from there, it really is useful to break up, you know, the things that need to be done at home into categories. So for example, your relationships, maybe your children, your spouse, roommates, um, you know, the most important relationships that you have on a daily basis in your home. Uh, for example, home-cooked meals or dining out, you know, what's important to you there? What do you enjoy? Mm-hmm. Fitness, sports, hobbies, church, or religious activities. Those are just some of the categories, you know, I would add also, um, you know, cleaning and maintaining your home. Those kinds of things are just, Law you know, maintenance. they've got to be done uh, by somebody at least. So that's kind of a helpful way to start. How much time are, would you guess people spend on these household chores a day? 
Probably depends how many children you have. But I think, you know, on the small end, probably 10 or 15 hours a week if you're single. I think if you have a spouse and children, you're probably pushing 20 to 30 hours a week. Okay. It is actually basically a full-time job. Well, would you be interested in hearing some statistics from- Yeah, I would. I bet we underestimated. The, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average person over 15 years old spends these times on these household chores on average, 13 minutes a day cleaning up the kitchen after meals, mm-hmm. 17 minutes a day on laundry, 29 minutes a day on interior cleaning tasks. Not at my house, but- <laughs> seven normal minutes, people seven minutes a day maintaining the lawn garden and house plants so that's 66 minutes per day per person living in the home so we're talking about if you have several kids more than a full-time job if you're listening to this and you're feeling overwhelmed on the weekends i just want you to feel validated because good reason this is a lot of time that you're spending on these things okay so the goal here is to get clarity on what matters to you in your home. And that's obviously going to be different for everybody. It it is. And I I just wanted to ask, Megan, what would you say to the person who says, well, it all matters. It's all got to get done. Well, it does all matter and it does all need to get done. It doesn't all need to be done by you. And we're not talking about you have to hire someone to do all these things. We're going to get into some really practical solutions that, you know, that's just one option among many. Um, But you're right. It does all need to be done, but it's not possible for you to do it all and have a life. So I, I guess what we're asking people to do, people that are listening to this, is to kind of suspend disbelief mm-hmm. and just, you know, let's just let's just go with the idea that some tasks are more important than others. And I mean, when you look at sort of the playing the long game, mm-hmm. you know, some things are more important than others. You know, whether I spend my time with one of my daughters or one of my granddaughters having a meaningful conversation with them, or I go out and do the lawn, you know, the lawn's going to need to be mowed again next week right? or the next week after that. You know, but I may, this may be one of the few times I have for this interaction with, with a granddaughter that's priceless. Can I tell you what mine are here? Yeah. So, you know, I went through this, um, I've been through it several times as uh, kids have joined our family. And for me, the one of the most important things is to sit down and have dinner around the table with my kids. Mm. I feel like all the research is very compelling on this fact, you know, that kids who have family dinner around the table, um, you know, are in better uh, mental and emotional health, um, they're in better physical health, all those things. So that's a huge priority to us. Sitting down and reading stories before bed, that's super important to us. You know, those are just a couple things that are, are critical. What I realized, though, is my kids are never going to remember if I did the laundry. They're not going to say, mom, you know what I remember when they're 25 or 30 years old? I remembered how every day when I opened my drawer, there were clean socks, you know, and yet they need the clean socks. That's not a small thing. It's necessary, but it's not where I'm making my highest and greatest contribution. And so for me to try to figure out a solution for that, among other things, um, made made it possible to do family dinners and story times, because instead of trying to do laundry during those times, I'm able to just be present. There are some people, not that Anybody would say, I think being present with your kids is not important, but there are some people who actually love to fold the laundry. Are you one of those people? <laughs> I, I feel like you are by the statement. Yeah, I don't want to get into that, Megan, but <laughs> I just want to give people permission to, you know, to know yes. that if you do like cleaning the bathroom, and there are people that's who right. do, that yep, have absolutely. more power to you. If that's rejuvenating, it's a way you feel like you're adding value to your family, by all means... Make that something that's in your desire zone for your home. That's okay, too. 
Step one in creating more margin in your personal life, determine what matters most at home. Step two, filter your household activities to see where you gain the most value. And I just like to start off by giving you a list of the most dreaded household tasks, according mm-hmm. to this report, at least. Okay. We'll see if it, if it matches your list. Number one, what do you think the most dreaded would be? Laundry. Michael, what do you think? House cleaning. Uh, be more specific. Um, washing dishes? Cleaning the bathrooms. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's true. Then cleaning the blinds. Oh. Is that a Are thing? Are people doing that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah. Wow. Dusting, if you're doing that, you don't have to do that. <laughs> dusting, lighting, fixtures, and ceiling fans. Number four, doing laundry. Number five, scrubbing baseboards. Again. That's a thing too? Yes. Apparently it's a thing. And number six, cleaning the oven. So <laughs> everybody has something they dread. And what you're getting at, Megan, is where do you add the most value? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what's the task you personally enjoy the most, but where do you add the most value? That's right. Um, for example, you know, I said family dinners are super important. So that's something that we spend time on together. Um, story time is really important. I also love to organize. I feel like um, with as busy as our lives are, that having very organized drawers and closets and cabinets like eliminates a ton of friction in our lives. It's kind of a superpower for you too. Yeah. You're really I mean, good at it. I love it. My The container store is my happy place. Michael, we've mentioned the desire zone a couple times and you talked briefly about it, but I think there are probably people that, that need a quick refresh. Um, what is the freedom compass and the desire zone that's a part of that? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to have to visualize this a little bit, but I want you to imagine that we've got a two by two matrix, which I love two by two matrices. You know, there's a two by two matrix for anything you want to explain in the world. But in this particular one, one axis is your passion and the other axis is your proficiency. So what you love and what you're good at. So when those come together, what you love and what you're good at, we call the desire zone. But the exact opposite, particularly relevant for this discussion, is your drudgery zone, where you don't have any passion and you don't have any proficiency. So for me, that would be, like I said before, fixing things. Not passionate about it, I'm not any good at it, and it's just a disaster when I try to do it. But there's also some, there's two other zones too. There are things that you're proficient at, but not passionate for, and those we call the disinterest zone. So for me, that's doing things like uh, either company or personal accounting, you know, paying the bills. You know, I, I actually pretty good at that. You know, I can create the spreadsheets. I can run Quicken or QuickBooks. And I've done that. I did that for years, but I had zero passion. It was something that I kind of had a low level of dread about, you know, every weekend when I had to do that. And so that's your disinterest zone. And again, it's going to be different for everybody. And then there's the distraction zone. I don't know how that affects us at home, but it definitely affects us at work where we have passion or we enjoy doing it, but we're not really good good at it. And it's a place sometimes we go for fake work to avoid the real work or the desire zone work mm-hmm. where we add the most value. So that that's kind of in a nutshell, the freedom compass. But the idea is, it's where you're going to add the most value is when you're spending the most time in your desire zone activities. 
And that means you got to begin by getting rid of the drudgery zone activities. That's how I prioritize it. And this is really easy to come up with on the it personal is. side, right? Because we all have things that we just hate to do. You know, maybe um, in your disinterest zone, you're good at it, but you don't love it would be grocery shopping, but you hate cutting the grass and that's in your drudgery zone. You're not good at it every time you do it. You know, you um, you don't weed eat well or you skip that part. It doesn't look good. or Cut your toe. Cut your toe. <laughs> Yikes. That's, that's something below your drudgery zone. Danger uh, zone. That's right. Um, but I think it's pretty easy for everybody to make a list of these things. So we're talking about the things that you're passionate about or at home that you enjoy doing and the things that you have some proficiency at. Would it be fair here to substitute on the home front the things that add the most value to your family or to your rejuvenation? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think that's a, a helpful, very practical way to think about it. Yeah. I think it really starts by making a list. And we encourage people to do this, um, our coaching clients and at the Focus Leader, but literally it's to go back through your calendar or to go back through your task list for the last couple of weeks and make a list of everything you've done on the home front. So be don't don't discriminate here, but just everything you've done over the last week, just get a list. Then what we encourage people to do is go through and rate them. Are you passionate about this? Do you enjoy doing this? I mean, it's a simple question to ask. Then ask yourself on every single one of those items, am I good at it? You know, you got to be honest. Am I good at it? Now, those things that you're passionate about and that you're proficient at, those are going to be your desire zone activities. And those where you have neither passion nor proficiency are going to be your drudgery zone. And those are going to be the first items that we're going to encourage you to eliminate. We're going to talk about how to do that here in a minute. By the way, this is an excellent exercise to do with your spouse or partner, because what you will find is that hopefully you have some differences in, in what are your desire zone activities and your drudgery zone activities. And one of the strategies that you can use is we start talking about um, eliminating, automating, and delegating everything that's not inside your desire zone is to trade off with your spouse or, or to you know delegate to your spouse things that you don't enjoy that maybe they do. So like we said before, clarity is everything. And the whole point of this step is to get clarity about where each of these tasks fall into your freedom compass so that you can decide what you're going to delegate first or what you're going to eliminate or automate first. So that's that's the whole point. Hey, everybody. Mike Boyer here with a great opportunity for you. If you'd like a complete list of the tools and apps mentioned in this episode, just visit the show notes at lead2.win. They're all linked right there. And you can download a complete transcript of the show if you'd like to go over the episode in a little more detail. And please share this information with a friend. Why not text a friend or two right now with the link to this episode? If it's helping you find margin in your personal life, it's sure to help them too. And I know they'll thank you for it. Shout out to BRH 1965, one of the latest listeners to leave us a review on iTunes. They wrote, I love the encouraging, not guilt-ridden challenges. Working on being free to focus. Thanks. And thank you for the positive feedback. If Lead to Win is making a difference for you too, please write a review of the program on iTunes. We'll appreciate hearing your thoughts about the show, and it will help other high achievers find and benefit from this great content. Thanks so much. Now, back to the show. So step one was determine what matters most at home. Step two, filter those activities to see where you gain the most value and that brings us to step three, which is to eliminate, automate, or delegate the things that are outside your desire zone. This is going to be so fun. I can't wait to dig into these things. <laughs> and and we, should, we should say that we're kind of a work in process because we're still finding new areas 
where we can process this. Yeah, absolutely. But it's that's so fun. I mean, we I, I referred to it earlier, but we had the team training yesterday where people were sharing all these hacks at home and my head exploded. Right. I mean, there were so many things I hadn't thought of, mm-hmm. so many ways to be more efficient at home and make it more fun. So yeah, we're going to share some of that here. Well, let's talk about, first of all, eliminate. That's what okay. we, that's the way the, the Freedom Compass works. That's the way we do it at work. So eliminate at home. How have you done that? Well, for example, you know, some people think they have to cook every day. But actually, you can do what we call mega batching. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can cook, you know, in an afternoon on the weekend so that you don't even have to worry about it all week. For example, mm-hmm. one of our team members, Deidre, shared yesterday about a book that she loves called Cook Once, Eat All Week. And I haven't heard of this book, but it's a brilliant concept where apparently you take an hour and a half on the weekends and you're able to cook enough meals for the whole week. And apparently the meals are excellent. Yeah, it's got recipes too. Has recipes, yep. and there there are recipes for different shopping lists, um, diets, all kinds of stuff. So it's great. So that's a good one. Also, um, just not manicuring your lawn to the same extent. You know, some people what? just like really go over the top about that. Maybe you could mow a little less often, or maybe you could have more you know simple beds and plants, so you're not out there planting flowers. Also, okay, parents, pay attention to this school fundraisers. Or volunteering, make a donation, but you don't have to go door to door. You don't have to, you know, be in the PTO. You can just choose to opt out. That's a way of eliminating. I want to just add to that because this is kind of my de facto response to any invitation I get to any kind of fundraiser. Yep. I will pay you if I don't have to come. Right. Because that's going to take an entire evening of my life, an evening that I will never get back. And I know the whole point is to try to wow me and get me to write a check. So I'll write the check if I don't have to come. Right. (laughs) I think that's great. (laughs) I've just decided with my kids that I have opted out of volunteering at school. Now, certainly that could be a desire zone activity for some parents. They love to go to school. They love to help with the parties. I hate it. Don't you feel guilty? No, I don't. I send stuff in. I send snacks, you know, whatever they need. I'm happy to do that. But I don't actually volunteer. Also, Pinterest style birthday parties. Okay. Just a little secret from a mom of five. Just go to the trampoline place (laughs) pay the $150 or whatever it costs and come home to your clean, quiet house and, you know, be grateful. (laughs) I don't don't even know what a Pinterest style birthday party is. What what is that? You were not raising kids in this whole season of of Pinterest. I mean, you're talking about like wedding level birthday parties where parents are making decorations, themed food. It's ridiculous. Well, so so this is where parents do this to themselves. Right. But you feel pressure. And so you feel like you're supposed to do it. Another thing like that is sending Christmas cards. I mean, we've never sent Christmas cards because I just can't get it together to do that. But if you think of the hours that are involved, forget the choosing outfits and, you know, the color coordination, but the addressing the envelopes, trying to get them. Here's why this is so easy to eliminate. Think about what you do with the Christmas cards you get. Right. You literally look at them for less than two seconds and throw them in the trash. Right. Am I right? Also, we have Instagram. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm going to stick up for Christmas cards because that's in a friend of mine's desire zone to handwrite notes on beautiful cards. If it's handwritten, that's a different thing. I'm not going to say who it is, but someone I know well. And then you get to buy the cool stamps that only come out once a year. And it's really a fun activity. Well, that's a great if, example. If it's in your desire zone. Yeah, it's in my desire zone. I'll just go and put it out there. And it it is for some people, but I do understand my list very small. I don't send yeah. a lot of You're not Christmas sending 200 cards, well, cards to no, everybody I'm sorry, Michael, and- but I don't know if you guys are on my list this year. Well, well apparently not. <laughs> I wouldn't remember that. But 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 look, for, for everybody that sends those Christmas cards where they just sign their name on the bottom, yeah. you know, let's just save the trees. 
Don't do that. It's totally worthless. Right. Can I totally can totally be eliminated. Less. Yeah, eliminated. Another thing, extracurricular activities. So in our house, we limit one activity per kid, which is still plenty to keep us busy. And that is a huge help. We could do more every year, my kids ask. Can we do, you know, Cub Scouts? Can we do this other thing, this club or, you know, band or whatever? And we just say, no, you get to pick one thing and we're happy to take you to that one thing, but we're not going to be running around like crazy. Again, because our priority is dinner at the family table most nights of the week. And we probably get five nights a week at the table. You got to decide if you want to be a taxi driver or not, because that's essentially what you're dooming yourself to. That's right. If you allow more than that. Yep. All you're going to be doing is driving. Yes. Okay, so that's eliminate. Let's talk about automate. Now, what are we going to automate at home? This is such a fun one. I'm literally giddy thinking about it because we have never lived in a better time than now for automation and especially on the personal side. There are so many services and apps that are relatively inexpensive or free that can make your life easier. For example, financially, there's auto deposits, you know, direct deposits, there's automatic bill pay, there are budgeting apps with reminders like Mint or You Need a Budget. Another area that is huge are groceries and meal prep. I mean, this is something that for most people takes probably two hours or more a week. And you can use shopping services like Instacart or Amazon Now uh, or Prime Now, um, Kroger, ClickList, Shipped, all those things. And, you know, you're going to have groceries delivered for free or almost free and save yourself that whole time. For example, I ordered groceries through Instacart the other day, and I think it cost me $15 and I saved two hours. I mean, my hourly rate is more than $15, which is a great way to think about this. Now, do you have to tip those people typically? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I tipped him $10 or something. Okay, but think of it this way. You know, people say, well, I don't really want to pay the tip. Well, again, think of what your hourly rate is. Right. I mean, are you going to pay 5 or $10 for a tip to it's save no yourself brainer. two hours? No brainer. Um, there are also menu planning services that give recipes and some ship ingredients. There are also the box meal companies. Those mm-hmm. are great. Um, you can batch menu planning by the week or month. This is one of the things I have is every um, time the season changes, like spring, summer, and fall, winter, I have a list of recipes that I just work through. I have, um, I th- I'm trying to think, maybe 20 recipes for each of those seasons. And then I never have to think about what's for dinner again because I've planned it. And it's just automated. And it's enough there. variety. You know, it's I think enough some, variety. It's not not too much, yep. but it's enough. Sometimes people think they gotta come up with something brand new every time and they and they don't. I, I just wanna pause here and sort of state the obvious, I guess. I never thought of these things as automation. Well, they're kind they of really like are. self-automation. You know, yeah. you're yeah. and they are. Mm-hmm. And uh I the a number of the things you've said, I think I'm gonna go home like I don't have to actually write a check to the electric company every month. They will auto withdraw that if I want them right, to. Right. And I can check it and make sure, you know, keep track of my usage. But wow. I think in every one of these cases with automation, and we're going to get into some more ideas in a second, there's an initial investment of time to either set it up with an app or something like that. Or like in my example of menu planning, you know, it takes me several hours I'm pretty much done with it now. I can just use it forever. But, you know, when I first did it, it took me several hours to make those menus for for each, you know, group of seasons in the year. Now I don't even think about it. Yeah. But, a, but a few hours invested saves me probably an hour or more a week. Okay, I got an automation one that I just learned about and I've been using it now for about two months. I know what you're going to say. This is cool. This is really cool. So one of my least favorite things to do, feels like a total waste of time, is to stop and fill up my car with gas. Right? So it takes about 10 yeah. minutes 
sometimes more. And usually I discover that I'm out of gas when I'm in a rush to another meeting. So then it really is an inconvenience. So now what I do, I use an app called Yoshi. We'll have a link with my affiliate link in the uh, the show notes. (laughs) But but here's the cool thing about it. All I do through the app is I schedule a fill up at my house or at the office or wherever I am located. And I've got Gail's car in it too. I think it costs like $20 a month, but they guarantee you that they'll give you the same rate or less for the gas that's selling within like a two mile radius of where your fill up is. Then they come out with a small truck, fill up your car, send you a photo. I mean, the, the, the level of service is unbelievable. Send you a photo of them, fill it up the car, tell you that it's done, send you a receipt because they've got your credit card on, fire, on file. And so I, I never have an issue with gas anymore. And it's just one little thing. It seems like, well, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, what's the big deal? But for me, that's just a convenience. It can well, be automated. I think it shows too that there are areas of friction in your life on the personal side that you don't even notice until you start thinking about it. And once you start thinking about it, there's a huge opportunity to remove that frustration through elimination or automation. Okay, so let's talk about household and supplies beyond kind of grocery shopping. So prescriptions. This is one of the most maddening things to me. If you or your family are on regular prescriptions dealing with Walgreens and they're all, you know, they all run out on different days, it can feel like all you do is go to Walgreens or CVS um, to pick up your prescriptions. However, you can set that up on a three-month delivery. I think actually Walgreens has something like this. You can also do do, um, this amazing service that I use called Pill Pack. Pill pack comes in little pouches that are pre-measured. So all you have to do is tear off your your little uh, packet of prescriptions. It can be um, administered at certain times a day. So if you have things that you take at different times a day, it's just super helpful. So I love that one. Another really annoying one, air filters in your house. Mm. How many people are forgetting to change their air filters because Mm -hmm. they never think about it? There's a service called Filter Easy. FilterEasy.com that will send you filters every month or every 60 days. You can set up, you know, what you want and how often you want to deliver that. We have never had cleaner air <laughs> since we signed up for that. Um, and then, of course, uh, subscribe and save on Amazon for pet food, cleaning supplies, toiletries, or just Amazon in general. I mean, I used to go to Target once a week for home supplies. I never go anymore. And I can tell you that I'm saving money because I'm not buying, you know, all the random other things at Target. <laughs> I didn't buy any earrings or you know something like that. But it is so helpful. Let me just pause here so Megan can take a breath, sharing all of her favorite things. And we can just remind people, if you're driving or whatever you may be doing, we'll put these all in the show notes, every resource that we mentioned today. So you just go to lead2.win and you can click on them there. So there are a few other things here kind of in the category of chores, you know, a robotic vacuum. I've never done this. Have you? I haven't done it. Mm. But the, the Roomba, you know, is a big favorite there. There's also a couple other brands. You could also switch to under-counter water filters instead of using the pitcher-style one. So that's, oh my gosh. that's kind of an automation, right? You don't have to think about it anymore. I don't know why I never thought of that. Yeah. Self-automation, making yourself a chore schedule. Also, using activation triggers. So activation triggers are basically attaching something you need to do to something else that you're already doing that's going to naturally remind you without you having to think about it. So for example, I have my vitamins next to my face care products in my bathroom. So every night when I go and wash my face, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm reminded that I need to also take my vitamins, which for most people can be, at least for me anyway, can be hard to remember. Yeah, that's good. So that's a good one. Let me ask you about these 
home management systems like from Amazon, Google, and Apple, everybody's got their little Echo or these devices. Do you use that kind of thing? I don't use that kind of thing. I have to be honest and say it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, What about you, Michael? But you do. Yeah, totally. I love home automation. And I wish I could go through and rewire my entire house and put it all on home automation because I've got an app. I use the Lutron system. And before that, I was using uh, Amazon has their own uh, system with the with the echoes and so forth. But yeah, my lights come on at a specific time every morning. They go off at a specific every, uh, time every night. All the wall lamps in our entire house are controlled by by automation. What I wish I had is I wish I had the garage doors set up with Lutron in the same system. And I wish I had the locks set up in the same thing. Ooh, that would be cool. But our alarm system, all that can be controlled, you know, with the app. Mm-hmm. I have that for um, our home security system as well yeah. on an app and it's pretty cool. Okay, so we've talked about eliminating some things from your personal life or your home life, automating some things, and now delegating. I have to tell you, this was pretty easy for me when I had six teenagers at home. That's right. Teenagers are very handy for delegation. I don't have that anymore. Right. (laughs) Can you help me? Yeah, so there's a lot of options here, actually. And this is probably where most people's mind will go first, not the automation or elimination. So this will be a little easier to kind of wrap your head around. But for example, house cleaning. I mean, this is one of the things, as your list pointed out, that's really frustrating for people. You can start small by having somebody come every other week. You know, this is a relatively... So we started. That's right. We did too. That's a relatively small investment for a big payoff so you can get your back bathrooms clean, you know, all those things are important, the the blinds and the, and the baseboards. You could even just have somebody come and do your floors, whatever you hate the most. Uh, and you can evaluate the impact that uh, investing in that service would have on your personal margin, you know, your ability to rejuvenate, your ability to invest in your family. When Gail and I first hired somebody to help with the house cleaning, it was really a, a, a struggle mentally. I mean, first of all, we got to admit, I mean, not everybody has the same kind of resources, you know, and, and frankly, when we started this, we felt like it was a little bit of stretch. We didn't know, like, where was the money going to come from? But I thought, man, if this could free Gail up, this is not the highest and best use of Gail. She doesn't enjoy it. To be honest, she's not that great at it. And I thought if we could bring in somebody else to help with the, at least the heavy cleaning every couple of weeks, it would really free her up to do what she does best, which is anything having to do with relationships. So she was still struggling with it because she kind of felt like, you know, I, I really need to own this. And I said to her, I said, well, look, one of the things you're going to be doing by doing this is giving somebody else meaningful work. And all of a sudden she got excited because it was my niece that was doing it initially. And she got super excited about helping her. And so then it made made sense. Hmm. But I think we just got to acknowledge that not everybody's going to have the resources to do this because we're going to get into some really advanced stuff here that you know we've been able to do at this stage in our life, but it can be expensive. We also worked up to it. And I think the That's truth right. is in every one of these categories, regardless of your budget, there are options that you can take advantage of. And it may be that people have the resources, but they're not convinced it's the best use of their money. That's right. And that's a hurdle to get over as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's where you have to think about what your time's worth. So should we go to yard work? Yeah, yard work is a great one. I mean, you hate doing this. I hate doing this. And for years now, probably 15 years, we've had a service that comes to our house and it's like a swarm of locusts. You know, like there are like 10 guys that show up and in 20 minutes... You know, they've completely trimmed the lawn. They've done all the weed eating. They've trimmed the bushes if they need it. 
They make sure that, you know, there aren't weeds in the beds, all that stuff. I can't, I can't believe how much they get done. That would take me hours on a Saturday. Well, when I was a kid, we used to spend all day Saturday working in the yard. It was like, I can hear the groans in my memory, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. So true. It's terrible. And so, you know, obviously we have to pay for that, but that happens uh, every Friday so that it's, you know, ready for the weekend and mm-hmm. we get to enjoy the lawn and all that over the weekend. Now, if you love this, don't delegate it. That's right. But if, but if you hate it, then think about delegating it. Also, laundry, I've said that several times, but there are pickup and delivery services for both laundry and dry cleaning. Um, laundry Care Nationwide is one. Um, you can also, as several members of our team have done, you could find a babysitter if you have someone regularly babysitting for you who will also do laundry. That's a great solution. Okay, I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about this one, but this is kind of like the advanced state I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But you and I both employ a person that 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 we call a home manager. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have Kyle. You have Tessa. Mm-hmm. Tessa full time. She is for you, and Kyle's half time. He works from about seven thirty to about uh, twelve thirty. And so what Kyle does is he manages everything related to the house. He doesn't do the house cleaning, but he manages the house cleaners. He manages the vendors. You know, we got a construction project going on. He's managing all that. He runs errands for us. He does all the food prep. He does the the shopping. Laundry. Laundry. And he loves the laundry. He even does the cooking for us. Like he cooks breakfast for us. He cooks lunch for us. And he does the food prep for dinner. But this has made such an enormous difference in our family. We abs first of all, Kyle's like family. We love him to death. But but he's added so much value and it really frees Gail up. And it frees me up because I've always got an organized clean home. I always know that, you know, the meals are going to be prepped, the laundry's going to be done, all that stuff. And I know that I'm not burdening Gail with that. She's free to love on the grandkids, to be involved in church and a lot of other stuff that's that's a better use of her. Yeah, this is obviously kind of like the ultimate level of this, you know, and in our home, Kyle and Tessa are using these strategies of elimination and automation to make their work more efficient. Um, But just, you know, speaking for myself, the ability to make the investment in our business that I want and need to, and the ability to be the mom that I want and need to is made possible by having someone take over the management of our home. Um, certainly, I could do most of those things, but it would come at a cost. You know, right. it would come at the cost of stress and exhaustion, and and probably with as many kids as I have and as much professional responsibility as I have, it wouldn't be possible for me to do what I'm doing without her. So she is a lifesaver. She handles all of the um, cooking for us during the week. I cook on the weekends. She does grocery shopping. She manages all the vendors. Today, we've got somebody doing some electrical work. At our house and she's handling that. So I don't have to think about it. She makes appointments for the kids. Um, She, uh, you know, changes sheets. She organizes things. I mean, it's just like all the things that I would do if I were a stay-at-home mom, she does. Because as it turns out, that is a full-time job. Well, today we've learned that your desire zone doesn't have to be just for work. It's really okay to eliminate, automate, and delegate at home too. And there are a variety of ways to go about that from free or sort of self-hacks to much more uh, resource-intensive solutions. So it starts when you determine what matters most at home, then filter those household activities to see where you add the most value, and then eliminate, automate, and delegate so you stay within your desire zone. What's your final thought on this topic, Megan? 
You know, at Michael Hyden Company, we talk a lot about the idea of winning at work and succeeding at life. That's what we call the double win. And it's what we are the most passionate about. It's our mission. And uh, the truth is, if you're going to succeed in your life, um, one of the best ways you can do that is to apply the same strategies that have helped you to be productive and effective in your professional life at home. And that's really what we're talking about today. And I promise you the, the ROI on that is much greater than you even think. We've talked about this in a previous episode, but I think it's important to kind of develop a, an experimental mindset and just, you know, you don't have to do this forever, but even if you're going to get um, house cleaning or if you're going to get some other service to help you, just try it as an experiment. See if it makes a difference in your life. See if it gets you the margin that enables you to do the things that you and only you can do. And if you can do that, you're going to add value, not just at work, but at home. Well, thanks for sharing these practical tips today. I think this is really going to be a game changer for a lot of people. Well, thank you, Larry. Thanks for leading us through this. And thank you guys for joining us on Lead to Win. If you enjoyed this episode, please do your friends a favor and share this episode in your social feeds. We'll see you here next week when we'll show you how to take your critical thinking skills to the next level. Until then, Lead to Win. can start and finish a project and feel a sense of closure when the kitchen's cleaned up. I can kind of look at it and go, ta-da. Well, you're welcome at my house anytime, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the classic, executive, and bold full-focus planners to help you focus on your most important work. Find out more at lead2.win slash planner.